Hi, welcome to episode 91 of Talk About the Passion. We are now into the 90s. Exciting stuff, right? Speaking of the 90s, my guest today is Damien Moyal, who is making his second appearance here. Damien has spent time in a number of bands, including As Friends Rust, Culture, On Bodies, Damien Dunn, and a bunch more. Um, and as far as this episode, I invited him on to discuss his new project, Ecstasis, a death metal project uh, that just released a four-track EP. The music's great. Uh, four, four tracks, as I said, three originals and a Morgoth cover. Uh, he tells us where you can find us to buy or listen to, and I'll also include links if you follow me on social media. We also get pretty deep into what it's like to spend time in the hardcore world and the metal world from a you know, a young kid through being an adult. And another theme has uh, come up a lot in recent episodes is how younger people uh, listen to music and can, you know, buy music nowadays and sort of the differences through generations of uh, music fans, young and old, and how, how we've done that. I love talking, you know, music with him uh, as the two episodes we've done so far, you, you know, you can tell, as well as through, you know, chats with him and online social media. I highly recommend checking out some of his other bands as well, especially Damien Dunn, uh, which is a really cool sort of dark new wave type band that's, you know, creates a mood that he, he actually describes pretty well in this episode, uh, sort of comparing it to uh, 80s style videos. Uh, anyway, yeah. I've also included part of a song from the Ecstasis release here as well at the end, so listen through to hear that. I think you'll dig it if you're a death metal fan for sure. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and keep those up to date as much as I can. Just search for Talk About the Passion podcast. And if you like what you hear, give me a follow on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. And even drop a review if you're into that kind of thing. Okay, that's enough from me. Let's go. Episode 91. Thanks for listening. So I am here with Damien Moyal again for a second tour of duty here. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. You? Good. good. Thanks. Thanks for doing this again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And we're doing this on the heels of the release of uh, a metal, death metal project going now called Ecstasis. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Ecstasis, Ecstasis. I think it's... Uh, it's a Greek word, and I think it's supposed to be like uh, ecstasis, mm-hmm. but okay, we're never gonna say it like that. So. <laughs> right. Don't expect anyone else to. Right. Uh, so, h- how did this project come about? I just kind of in texting back and forth with uh, Dave Williams, who is the guy who uh, so far has has just has done all of the instrumentation stuff um, and the vast majority of the writing. Uh, he, we've, we've been friends for a while and we were kind of going back and forth about, I don't know, something. And the idea just came up of like, sort of in jest, like, oh, we're going to need to do a death metal band, aren't we? And then, uh, before I knew it, he kind of, uh, like within a couple of days had the first song pretty much written. And then within a few weeks, there was the whole four song, uh, thing. One's a cover, but. Uh, still, it moved really fast, and uh, 
Yeah, it fits in with the. I mean, it's it definitely fits in with the the, the whole demo. Right. Yeah, it yeah. should be sort of a, a impromptu sort of. Uh, yeah, maybe jumping the gun in some ways, just kind of <laughs> right. rushing to it, and that's part of what's fun about the demo. Um, and and has has he played with other people as well, Dave? Yeah, he's, uh, and that was sort of the thing, like, he, he's done a bunch of bands, I've done a bunch of bands, but we, in spite of, like, kind of coming from death and thrash mm-hmm. backgrounds, had yeah. never done, like, a, a proper metal band, right. like a band that's more in line with, like, where we came from, yeah. you know? Yeah, So he was in, uh, he was in a band called Crusades, Okay, uh, they were on No Idea for a while, I think. Um, bunch of stuff. He, he's from uh, Ontario, Canada. So uh, he was also in a band called Black Tower, and uh, he more most recently um, was was in a a project called Surrender that was doing kind of a erasureish uh, like synthy, oh, you know, nice. pop kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, again, you know, <laughs> obviously none of that uh really you know metal uh like like real just kind of let's not stylize this or hardcoreize this let's just do metal yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah cuz you you also have the the Damien Dunn stuff which I, I love that by the way thanks it's cool to see all these different faces you know I, you know obviously we're we're friends on Facebook and I see a lot of the stuff you listen to and cool to see uh you able to act, put put a metal like an actual metal thing together, and not like you just said like a, well it's like a goth thing but with a metal edge or like a there's no like irony or you know, which is yeah uh, which yeah and and I think I mean some people have said that they do hear kind of you know hardcore influences I guess maybe uh, my delivery is just going to be kind of what it is because that's just <laughs> what I uh, came up yelling but uh, in bands but um. I think it's uh, it it's it's pretty much you know we're just setting out to like write the kind of metal that we remember loving as adolescents, uh, you know, as far as like extreme more extreme metal goes. Um, but obviously, it's going to be uh, not intentionally, but I'm I'm sure it's informed by kind of everything else that we, uh, that we liked and play but yeah the 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 deal kind of in those early conversations was just uh you know nothing nothing too melodic um i think he he's into a lot more of that kind of mellow death you know at the gatesy kind of stuff uh, than i ever was um it's not like his main thing but he's i i actively like disliked that <laughs> you know metal for a long time but um the, so we we wanted a little bit of melody, but not to tip uh, too far in that direction. And then it was like, let's also, you know, um, we we both love the kind of the the death bands that still have like a lot of their thrash kind of showing, right? You know, mm-hmm. like thrash, death thrash, thrasher death stuff. Right. So <laughs> it was like, let's also not try to be too squarely a, a death metal band because there's. A, Death, there's a lot of death metal happening right now, and there's a big old school death, you know, metal kind of resurgence, and that stuff's great. I mean, that's still the stuff that I guess I'd prefer listening to. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, we didn't want to be too squarely a death metal band either because we we both kind of wanted. I, I always liked those bands that like really walked the line where you were never quite sure what they were, you know, whether it was like uh, black metal or thrash with like Sodom, you know, or uh, bands like like Slayer, who there's always been a lot of debate about. Like, you know, some people will argue that they're more or less a death metal band, which to me is kind of crazy. I mean, they're, they're a thrash band, but they did have that sort of, that same sort of appeal and spirit, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, fit right in with that, that world. Yeah. Yeah. Sepultura, another one yeah. where it's like, yeah. so, so that was kind of something that we, we didn't want to shy away from either. We were like, Hey, if it feels like we just need to get creator ish or, or something for a minute, let's not, uh, let's not say no, that's not, you know, it's yeah. not by the book kind right, of death right. metal stuff. Yeah, so. definitely. So yeah, I'm not really sure what it is. I just know that it's a lot more metal than anything I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And when you when you originally you had messaged me a few months ago and you sent me uh these tracks and you said, Hey, you should get really stoned and, and listen to this. We were talking about it and, and then at one point you said, you know, it's one of the few genres that accepts older musicians. So, you know, why why do you think that is with, with metal? Well, I guess, you know, save for the, the kind of, um, the, the kind of wild in the streets kind of headbangery thing. Yeah. I think it's not really, it's not a scene that's, that's predicated. Uh, it's not a youth movement necessarily. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely. It was rebellious and it was shocking, but they didn't like try to attach youth to it the same way we do in like hardcore and punk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're like really just, it's like, we're trying to make it, you know, expire or something, but yeah. in metal, I think it's like, there, there just was none of that. And then you, you have the bands that were revered in like the eighties or whatever are, are still revered. So their age isn't kind of working against them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It doesn't cycle out like in the hardcore scene where it's definitely, it, the crowd stays younger in hardcore where when you go to see metal shows, you know the, the the crowd has aged there's young people there too but there's also you know a lot of old dudes which when you see a lot of old dudes at a hardcore show they're usually kind of creepy dudes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's also just more of a kind of life I, I feel like uh even if people stay you know hardcore for their whole lives or whatever um at a certain point that becomes like hardcore by way of like you know still collecting records and right. t-shirts yeah. or something yeah but in terms of like you know like especially in 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 europe and i'm you know from what i can tell like south and central america too where just metal is is it's never not been huge you know whereas states we sort of like buried it for a decade or two yeah um yeah it's it's still just like and it's like a a lifelong thing where they just like, you know, some German guy gets in the metal you know, at, at, in his teenage years. He's, he's still out there like at some bar right now in Germany with like long hair. That's only growing around the side, right, you know, yeah, the like, skull not giving yeah. a shit. Yeah. yeah, just. yeah. So you're, you're, it's you and Dave, but now you've added uh Fred Estby is going to play drums. Yeah. So that's that's uh, pretty awesome. 
very exciting. Yeah. 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 That was cool. I, I, you know, I, uh, well, you had him on, on the podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Yep. So, you know, very nice, approachable guy. Yeah. I really only kind of knew him through, uh, through Nathaniel. Nathaniel yeah. Um, and you know, just vaguely, but I felt comfortable enough sending him the, the demo. And then I followed up and was like, uh, you know, made some joke about how I was secretly uh, hoping he, he'd love it enough that he wanted to play drums on the whatever we do next. And he was like, um, yeah, he basically was like, no, I really, I really dig it. And I'd totally be down to do something. That's rad. That was, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, we have this thing coming out that's just me and Dave. And then, whatever we do next, we'll have Fred and yeah. make somebody else too. I don't know. We're still. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I had him on one of the things he, you know, he talked about, cause he was in that, you know, if we're, if the listener doesn't know, uh, Fred is the longtime drummer of uh, dismember. And, uh, but he talks a lot about when he was first getting into the scene in Europe and tape trading was sort of the, the way that you found out about bands you know friends would get to get literally get together at a bar and like be like hey i got this tape from you know japan and this one's from you know the united states and that's that's pretty cool that uh you know he's in the in this band and you and you guys are this record you're putting out as a cassette at first and then it's going to be on vinyl later yeah the uh the cassette is on unspeakable acts they're they're a sub imprint sub subsidiary i don't know uh the uh dark descent is their parent label so they have like some some pretty good good bands under the extended family but unspeakable acts i think is like their imprint for like uh yeah i guess just kind of weirder thrash or death uh or like blackened you know stuff or whatever the stuff that's kind of like let's see how this does, you know, or, um, but, uh, or just a little bit, you know, varied in taste from, from the other stuff. But yeah, he, he had worked with Dave on a black tower thing, I think. Uh, so Dave knew him and, uh, sent him the stuff. And then the, the, uh, vinyl will be on, I think we're get, we're actually going to be the first release on this, um, new label that is a metal spinoff of uh destructure um france yeah yeah so they they're if they run this metal thing anything like they run destructure i think will be in good hands because they've they've got some really good bands on that label and nice nice work so um yeah it's supposed to be i think maybe just death metal that they that they end up releasing I'm I'm pretty excited. It all came together like very very fast. Yeah, and then we were talking about like you know getting into you, you've been collecting cassettes. What you started doing? When did you start doing that again? Like you, you like reignited that your cassette collection in the last few years or just in the last few years? Yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was more just kind of um, there were a few tapes from my from my youth that I just kind of wanted to uh hold again you know in my hand and like just see if it kind of i don't know sometimes you just want 
want some nostalgia to like make you feel a little weird. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> like driving by <laughs> the house you grew up in, or yeah, of course, or whatever. So yeah, there was something I was like, I think it's it was, um, I think it was eye for an eye was maybe what I started with. Where I was like, I because I had a big physical connection to that tape as a kid so i was like i want to get that again the caroline the same version that i had and just like you know unfold the j card and see if it does something weird you know and and it did it was and it was good and then i was like oh yeah what other tapes do i have and i started like buying them all again it was this was like just it might have been just before no, I think it was like during it, maybe from the at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, started. Yeah, so it started as just kind of a, you know, um, I can afford to order a tape or two here and there just to kind of rebuild whatever collection I can remember having had, you know. And as a new tape pops into my memory, I'll be like, oh yes, that one. You know, I'll find it on Discogs and pay someone seven bucks or something, and you know. Um, and then, and then I kind of ran out of those, like those tapes to, I, I just stopped remembering. I, I kind of, you know, rebought whatever I could remember. Um, but then I kind of got into just buying new stuff too. Cause I was kind of, uh, yeah, just starting to listen to, uh, a lot of like newer death metal stuff. And I was like, well, now I have all this metal stuff on tape. I should just kind of only buy metal on tape from now on. Just <laughs> yeah. collection. So yeah. <laughs> do you have a uh, like a stereo tape deck, or do you have like a Walkman? Or I have a. I found a in a in a Facebook group. I found a this lady who had an eBay account that she specialized in like rebuilding, refurbishing, cleaning up, replacing belts. Like just she would just take apart uh specifically so 90s sony stuff uh, mostly walkmans so yeah i bought some like refurbished uh walkman that sounds great and it's just kind of i didn't want a component because i i like just have a record player on top of my cabinet thing. um so i was like you know as long as it sounds good and it's working well, I'll just hide it behind the record player. And right. Kind of yeah. And do you remember like as a, a young, a young kid buying tapes and having sort of like just diving into that world, especially like metal stuff where you'd have just this tape and, you know, you didn't get the, the great artwork of like an LP, but you got this, you know, the J card it's, it's, and it was always cool if one folded out to, you know, eight panels or whatever. Um, yeah do you have good memories of that i do and and yeah that's when you said that that kind of struck a a, a weird chord too you did sort of feel like you you like you struck gold yeah. when you would open it up the first time and you're like holy shit it keeps going <laughs> you know because there was going to be that much more content to uh absorb which is what you do at at that age and you know um, yeah, I remember like, uh, a, a big one for me, um, uh, and this, this is kind of like to that point that you made when we were chatting the other day about like, uh, death metal being a more kind of individual, um, 
listening experience in those kind of Walkman, you know, days where you would just have like two tapes in your bag and um, then, then punk, which was, yeah, a lot more of sort of a social experience. Um, but yeah, I remember, um, I remember buying, I don't know why I must've seen their name in a magazine or, or something, or I just liked it when I saw them at, at the, when I saw the tapes, but, uh, Morgoth cursed. Um, and at the same, I also bought resurrection absurd and, and, uh, the eternal fall, which are like the two, those two EPs kind of combined, um, at the same time, but I don't remember really diving into that tape, uh, so much because, uh, cursed really just grabbed me. That was like, that was, a that was a big one when I was, I mean, my, my kind of, uh, I was more at the time I was, I was definitely more into thrash, uh, you know, at that age where I was into thrash and death, it was like, it was like kind of a 70, 30 split, you know? Um, but the, but the death metal bands that I loved were, uh, um, Morgoth because of that album, which was, I remember like getting it, and coming, it was in a mall, which our local mall, 163rd Street Mall in uh, North Miami Beach. It was like uh, built in, I don't know if it was like 70s or something, but had like the dark sort of clay tile everywhere and the planters in the middle of the mall with like, you know, little jungles kind of growing out of them. And it felt very like Logan's Run yeah. dome. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, Um yeah, yeah. Uh, so I remember coming downstairs with the tapes because the, the music store was on the second level and then sitting on one of those planters uh, in the middle of the mall and like unwrapping the tape and listening to it on a Walkman. And, and I, I remember just being like uh, sort of devastated by it because I, you know, I, like at the time to me, death metal was basically like uh, – entombed death obituary you know just kind of that stuff um but i hadn't really heard anything that got like slow and just really plotting it was just way it was super super moody but that that was one of those experiences that like i don't remember much from those days but like i remember i remember that planter and that first like spin of yeah first because it was just such a a vibe yeah, as a yeah. kid. Yeah, the defining you know? moment in your like musical history. And what were you listening to up to that point? Uh, like I the was, thrash. I, as far yeah, thrash. I was like, uh, for the, for the most part, kind of the big ones. Yeah. I, I mean, I started with you know Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer. Uh, um, well, yeah, I guess. Megadeth too, just put them throw them all in there. Uh, but also um, uh, destruction creator, uh, my circle. We we definitely dug um, some of the thrash that was happening in Europe at the time. Um, but uh, but yeah, then then they were like. There were a handful of death metal. You know, I, th I think the first death metal album I heard was that that really like did anything for me was Entombed, yeah. uh, Left Path. Oh yeah, 
Yep, that was probably mine as well. That or the incomplete, or not the the uh, the one before that, the obituary one before that. Um, yeah, uh, obituary is a band that I, you know, this is kind of sacrilege, but uh, especially because I know like I have a bunch of friends that love obituary. Yeah. Uh, I they're a band that for some reason, I think my exposure to them started with like their later stuff when they were already starting to be bitten by like that groove metal. Yeah. The gro- yeah. 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 And, and I didn't want that. I mean, I didn't have anything against like, you know, bands like Pantera or whatever that were doing that at the time. But, um, it's what I wanted from a death metal band. Wasn't, wasn't that. Yeah. That's such a uh, terrible name for a genre, too. Groove metal, isn't it? Groove <laughs> metal. Yeah. So I think that sort of tainted uh, obituary to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Was that World Demise? I think that might Yeah, be. World Demise. That was the, the first one that was sort of the... Yeah, they had that I Don't Care EP, I think. And, and a yeah. Record. Now, did you stay with you know some of those those bigger bands like Metallica or Anthrax? Megadeth like through the 90s or did you kind of drop off when they started getting changing their sounds and then just more better underground and death and thrash stuff started coming up yeah that was that was basically it was like my my sort of like crossing the line from from metal stuff into pretty much turning my back on it for a while and just going like headfirst into hardcore I guess it kind of happened at the year that metal really started getting sort of shitty. So I, I never wondered if like it's that there was nothing interesting happening anymore over there. Uh, I always felt like I sort of abandoned it, but you know, I like this theory better. Yeah. I didn't abandon it. It pushed me away. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And just other bands just started doing more interesting stuff. And so I think yeah. Slayer was probably the only one that really kind of kept the flag flying, you know, but even them, like after a while, I just, you know, I didn't really need to hear much more. And, you know, I'll hear stuff here and there from later records. It's good, but I never, uh, spent much time after divine intervention, I guess was probably where I kind of stopped. Yeah. It was kind of seasons. Yeah. That might even be more for, yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I think I had, uh, I had one. I had God hates us all. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I ever listened to it all the way through. I remember being like, it's still good. I mean, they're still, they're still aggressive and they're still angry and confrontational. They're still Slayer, even if the sound was changing up a little bit. I just didn't really care anymore. And I, I don't know. I think we like, I don't know why there's an expectation that you would have to like, the whole band's catalog, like an age with them, like they're the stones or something. I don't need that from a metal band or a punk band. I need a good set of like two, two to four, just like unfuckwithable releases. And then you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Do your thing. Just leave this for us. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, 
bands that I stuck with, no, I, I, I definitely jumped off the Metallica thing in 90, the, the day the Black Album came out. We had a, a little listening party at a friend's house, and we all walked away like, like choking back tears. Because you, you knew it was like, you know, when people describe like, yeah, the day Kennedy was shot, just, you know, everything changed. Right, right. I feel like that was the day. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah, it was a weird uh, period for just a lot of music too, in in the hardcore world as well, you know. Yeah. No, I didn't stick with any. Honestly, for, uh, I I just kind of I was just like, all right, you know what? I don't give a shit about that stuff anymore. I care about this stuff now. And for many many years, I mean, I yeah, no, I didn't. I wasn't. I was not interested in seeing what metal was up to these days you know no part of me was, was so i still would you know break out like uh death albums or slayer albums or, or you know, sepultura for sure like right you know throughout my life but i didn't care what was happening in it currently because i didn't believe that it could possibly be good right you know? yeah no i have the same thing i was like you know i'm not buying exodus albums through the 90s you know i'm I just I wasn't interested or Testament, you know, and yeah. and now, but now like Testament put out a real, an awesome album a couple of years ago. You know, a lot of these bands have been putting uh, good stuff out again, so it is it's kind of cool to hear that happening. But but like a Metallica or someone like that, I just I don't know when they you know we're going back to our roots or whatever. Like well, I don't know those first three or four, <laughs> those roots are you know. Yeah. strong enough that i don't you know i don't think you need to go back to them just yeah so. yeah that you don't need to prove to us that you can still do it yeah you know? yeah exactly you can should you <laughs> yeah yes. like even if they wrote a record that had like all of you know everything that those early albums had like they played just as well they were just as like interesting I don't know that uh that it's gonna have the same impact. It's not gonna have the the same. You know, it just can't. You're you're a different uh, organism. Yeah, and just the way people consume and listen to music nowadays too is different. Like, there's no, I don't know, when an album was like coming out in like the late '80s or early '90s. You know, you, you know, when I was working at record stores, we did those midnight sales because people, you know, couldn't wait till the next morning to hear the, the Black Album was one of those. We had one of those for that, and the uh, so we had like a line around the corner, at, you know, starting at ten o'clock for people waiting for us to reopen at midnight to to sell. Yeah, those were those were those were different days with like all the camping out for tickets and yeah, waiting for record stores to to open and running to your friend's house to listen to. Stuff. I don't know. I I wonder how kids at that age now do it because it happens in some way right yeah 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 when i go to record stores you know now i do you know in between like the older people like me in there there's young people in there especially like we have the chain out here newberry comics um you know and it's geared towards young people and you see a lot of younger kids you know buying records you know turnstile and stuff like that and i imagine they're doing the same thing like you know well i wonder what more like just kind of your your average adolescent, you know, who's like necessarily in a 
in a like collecting records or anything, but just, you know, digs songs on the radio or whatever. But like, how are they? Because I mean, I guess we all knew people, kids who weren't, well, it's probably safe to say like most kids were not into music the way that most of us were. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At any point. Yeah. But, uh, but a lot were, and it's like, even if they weren't, uh, in a nerdy kind of music subculture and they were just like some dude that played sports and hung out with kids in his neighborhood, um, they had, they had different connections to, you know, I don't know, fucking Don Henley or something. Right. Yeah. Their dad might've, you know, introduced them to the cars or something, you know, and that's like their, their band they love, but yeah, they're not like us where they're like, well, I need to buy seven copies of Candio, you know, these different pressings and (laughs) colors and stuff. So, yeah, but they, but they still have songs that, that choke them up and that kind of thing is like, that's why I have to believe that kids today, even just kids that are fully digital and streamy and, you know, uh, aren't spending that much face time with their friends because of their phones or what, you know, whatever they still have to be somehow like sharing music and consuming music and in a meaningful way and like, uh, passing it along to their friends. Cause I, I don't, I think it's like a, it's not really a, you're into it or you're not into it thing. I think it's like a, a biological imperative that is like, you know, part of the, 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 the changes of adolescence, like neurologically, hormonally or whatever. I think we have to connect with music that deeply and share it and want to like barter it. And, you know, uh, I just think we have to like from any walk of life. So, uh, yeah, it's cool when I see, uh, like guys on my men and women on my, on, you know, social media that have kids and they're bringing them to, you know, like see Judas priest and stuff like that. And, you know, getting them into music. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to see that. So, and that's like what happened to me as a kid, you know? So yeah, it's cool to have cool parents and there's, I think of that now as this whole generation of people like us that were in that world. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's like its whole own economy, you know, it's parallel dimension. Cause you've got like bands failing and bands succeeding and labels killing it and labels with bad ears that are just, all right. Well, that's why no one, you know, that's why you guys didn't last that long or whatever. Like, we have, it's a whole, it's a like dimension that parallels the, the real, you know, this, the, the regular world, but, uh, but it's like completely like, or I don't know, you know, was historically like kind of in the shadows and like off in the margins and, you know, cash only under the table, just this whole like, um, secret economy that was, that was kind of nicely just like off the radar for the most part. Yeah. It's like it's the, pretty cool. So I mean, everybody learned a lot. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, you know, we had to build a a civilization on an on an island in some way. Yeah, I think that's an, an overlooked thing from like outsiders who just you know, oh hardcore kids, you know, they're just going to shows to go in the pit and this and that. But you know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, like you said, learned basic business models and you know touring and you know 
doing that kind of thing but you know it's funny to think of like a van full of like 16 and 17 year olds and like youth of today you know like traveling around the country in a van <laughs> you know or like it's just yeah. weird to think it, without you know before cell phones you know and that kind of thing and maps you know so you were literally like just fucking out there you know yeah and and people's parents just letting them go out there like, yeah. with, with no cell phones and no maps and I was like I, I i was well i was already kind of uh out of my house and not really on those kind of terms with my parents so like i uh but I, but there were always people that I knew who like um, maybe even were living at home and stuff and their parents were just like, stoked for them. And now that I have, I mean, my kid's a long way from that age, but I'm like, I don't know that I would like, even with a fucking cell phone, like, I don't know that I want him driving all over the country with, you know, four other people who just consistently make terrible decisions. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that's true. Yeah, my mother was letting us just go into into the city at like 13, just take the train. You'd have like $20 to go buy, you know, three records or something. But And just to think, like if I had a kid, when I see like my friend's kids that are 13, I imagine them like, would you let him go into like New York City? You know, they'd be like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah, and w- when we were 13, of course, we were like, we thought like, no, but I feel so much older and like, you know, more independent. I have this shit figured out. Don't, don't be fooled by my age. I look at 15 year olds and they look like eight. I know. Well, I think that's part of like what, like the, in the hardcore world, it did grow a lot of people up pretty, pretty uh, quick because, you know, especially the, the lyrical content of a lot of the bands you're listening to are, you know, either social or political stuff that you never would have heard of, you know. That's that's a weird thing too though about hardcore is like you have a bunch of um people attaching to these very sort of like um big proclamations and convictions and you know uh, all of this very like heavy scholastic political adult kind of content or whatever uh, but meanwhile like your your body is like you're still like this malformed, you know, you're a fucking kid. And, uh, there's a weird, there's a weird, I think, um, there were always those bands that like were trying to, you, I mean, there were always those kids for that matter, like just at school who were like, why are you trying to be old so soon? What's the rush? You know, why do you like, you just want to, you know, uh, I don't know, go to college and start a family right out of the gate or, or whatever it is. But, uh, and, and so I think there's this weird like tension because you, you want the world to know that like, not only are you, you're, you're not a kid, you're not an idiot, you know how shit works, you have causes, you know, and everybody should take you really seriously. But at the same time, you're like, this shit's for the youth and I'm going to stay young till I die. And I can't, you know, be in a healthy relationship or friendship or anything because I'm such a fucking mess. But right. like, yeah. here's my whole political, <laughs> you know, manifesto. To me, it's it's just, uh, I don't know. I I just I'm I'm wary of all kind of 
sort of self self righteousness. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Because I was very self righteous. Because um, I generally just yeah, I don't I don't like whether it's like religious or political or whatever. I think uh, just everybody just walking around so you know self assured and just positive that like you know they're the they have the message yeah they got it figured out and this is yeah the, this is and, the way to do this you're not doing shit right this is you should be doing it like this you know right yeah and it just uh i mean i think it's great like just i, I just wish i i wish a lot of i wish that somebody had just been like dude just be a kid yeah yeah just fucking be a kid like you don't if you don't want to drink or do drugs great just be a kid that doesn't drink or do drugs you know health claim straight edge but like you don't have to when it starts getting into all these like all this sloganeering and you know these lifelong conviction it's the same shit you feel when you see that shit on cars where they're just like you know uh boasting about dying for their country and all this shit but you don't have to die for anybody, yeah. dude. Yeah, you can just, just be a fucking dude. Sit down. Yeah. yeah, just be a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like none of us have to die for any causes, or 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 uh, you know, carry the torch into our right. graves. Fucking anything. None of this matters. We're all gonna die. You know. I know. I have friends still that are like in their fifties, and they're still doing that whole like, oh, I don't like you know anything popular and this and there's still like and i'm like geez just most of the time i'd rather just not have that conversation i'd rather talk about stuff on a on a with a positive tip you know like and see like hey oh that's cool like like you listen like listing a lot of that stuff you listen to during the week on facebook you know when I, like when i saw super tramp i was like oh shit because that was like an important record to me as a kid and uh so it was cool to see you know because it's like not something you <laughs> expect to see people like listening to Super Tramp. No one really wants to admit that, but that's a fucking good album. That's man, and and that's a new one for me, relatively. But yeah, it was a big one in my wife's house when she was growing up. So, like, I mean, a lot of those songs were, you know, all over classic rock radio too. But uh, so I was familiar with 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 some of the songs. Uh, I knew what I knew, you know. I knew those were Super Tramp songs. I knew Super Tramp sounded like, and uh, you know, bloody well right. And what, like, got it. It's good. I don't, I don't need to own an album. I, I think I got, you know, um, nothing against them. Just never bothered about the record. And then, uh, yeah, she, she put that on one day, and I was just like, holy shit, this is, it's, it's such a pristine recording and not in that way that like, it's perfect but not in like an reo speedwagon kind right. of like yeah sounds synthesized kind right of like. it's right. just like simple instrumentation and a really simple recording um but the mix is just like fucking crazy i was into like you know uh I don't know, electric light orchestra and other shit like from, from my mom who isn't, but super tramp was just kind of one of those. Uh, I don't think my mom, my dad wasn't, didn't have rock kind of record at all, but my mom did. I don't think there was any, uh, super tramp. Yeah. Um, 
so this so this record getting back to the um ecstasis thing is coming out uh tomorrow right or this 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 friday the 28th um yeah and if people wanted to order it or listen to it where uh would they be able to do that they can uh there's an unspeakable acts records band camp. Uh, and I think that's from what I can tell, that's the easiest place to order it. I don't know if it has us on like the labels website itself yet. Camp. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and with Fred in the band or, you know, playing with you, do you guys have any plans to play live at any point? Um, I, I think, I think the idea is that we at some point would, but right now we're just like, yeah, let's, you know, get this thing out here and work on LP and figure out like who would even be in this thing if we did do stuff and then figure out what kind of stuff we could even do. Um, but yeah, the album is, is uh, because Dave is such a machine. He just like, he'd kept writing after those ones. Um, and now there's actually, there are eight or nine songs already. So I think like there's pretty, <laughs> the album is pretty much ready, but with Fred coming in, um, I think that uh, Fred had, you know, a very heavy role in dismembers kind of arrangements and stuff. Um, he's done a number of his own projects and just uh, has a, a knack for arrangement and a knack for uh, just kind of mixing and stuff like that too. So he's going to, we're basically just, turning those songs over and just being like, what do you, what do you hear? So we, we thought they were done. We're okay with them as they are, but like, here's a chance to have someone who's probably much better. Yeah. <laughs> polishing. You know, and, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he's going to kind of, uh, weigh in on those and then, um, we'll start tracking the, the real instrument to ever, it might just be the drums that we need to replace maybe bass. Right. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a uh, it's been fast and easy, and it's kind of fun. I I had been doing this like drug toilet. Did I ever send you that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and, th- and this was and that was like just that kind of like really feral, rabid, just uh, just get gross kind of thing. Right, yeah, and I kind of wanted to still bring a little bit of that. Uh, into this but it's a much more controlled yeah a little more subtle here definitely yeah and yeah uh, do you are you do do you have other stuff that you're still doing musically besides this like is the damien dunn project still like an ongoing thing or yeah in fact we we recorded we finished an an album early last year and it just took so long to get uh going once it was mixed right to, you know uh to, to get it started and then once it finally did go off to press uh it's just the longest we've ever had to wait for for records and so it should be out i think may of next year um there's a there's a new damien dunn lp that i think is definitely the best stuff yet i'm pretty excited to we're supposed to start sharing some songs videos or whatever right. soon nice yeah, but um, I love that stuff. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I think, I think you'll, I think you'll dig this one. I think it's a lot more cohesive. Yeah, than nice. Yeah, yeah, 
And then uh, As Friends Rust is also, um, we're currently recording a, a, a new album, which will be like our first full length, well, our second full length ever, but our first full length since 2001. Yeah, wow. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. And do you, do you find it important to have like multiple, you know, avenues like this to like express, you know? different you know sides of your personality or sides of your creative you know creative sides of yourself yeah yeah i think so i mean i think anybody that makes music in some way is just kind of you're you uh even if you're trying to write stuff that is you know you're not one of those people that's like i want to be in a band just like this band and you kind of think them which is fine there's a lot of that kind of like modern version of blank band that that i love um, you, even if you are trying to do something that's completely like unpigeonholable to some extent, even subconsciously, you're paying homage to the music that shaped you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's kind of like, you know, what goes in is going to, it's going to find a way out somehow. So I feel like, uh, much in the way that ecstasis is like, uh, we, we want to play the kind of music that we loved at like 14. You know, um, I feel like every band like Damien Dunn is it's it's the same thing is it's just a, a different time and place or kind of, you know, it's a combination of kind of I think it's paying homage to stuff I was into even before I was uh, an adolescent into metal. Just the stuff that resonated with me on the radio was always kind of the darker, new yeah. wavy, yeah. you know, Billy Idol cars yeah. kind of but that had that weird, you know, that sort of in the air tonight sort of like yeah, that mystery. yeah, that thick sort of dark air. Yeah, to it, yeah. yeah. Um, the shit where like all the videos had like blue lighting and like steam coming out of manholes and shit. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so Damien Dunn, there's a part of me that like it's I think is paying homage to that shit, and then the stuff that like later uh, I went deep on that was kind of the extension of that like all the you know the uh, jesus and mary chain and and shit like um like not the stuff you would hear on the on the school bus like radio but uh yeah um and then as friends russ was also in its own way kind of a similar thing where we were trying to just pay homage to the kind of more melodic hardcore uh, or post hardcore or indie kind of stuff that we liked. So there was this weird dag nasty super chunk uh, kind of mashup in our minds anyway. But. Yeah, yeah. And I look forward to, you know, seeing seeing this, but this uh, Ecstasis band sort of uh, grow into something in here like a full length and, and see what you guys do next with it. Should be Should be pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's kind of uh, not to prolong the. No, no, no. The, uh, it's kind of a it's a it's a fun thing because uh, it's it's a very like balance. I'm, I'm realizing kind of like how much I was missing by just not just being in fucking metal bands all these yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Because there's something. Uh, I guess it comes back to just like being free of of just generally speaking being free of like dogma and message yeah yeah uh is very liberating yeah you can be a little more anonymous with this kind of stuff too in a way you know 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. And it's just, you, you can sort of get a little more dramatic. Like I didn't like drama and hardcore. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, it's all about like that, that shit is all pretentious and this is not about pretense, but in metal, it's like, Oh yeah, there's an appreciation for like character, you know, like fuck who the person who you really are like what's what's the character that you're gonna paint you know for us um so it's it's kind of fun to just like i guess like have fewer rules yeah no definitely yeah cool awesome man well again thanks and uh yeah like i said i look forward to hearing hearing this and hopefully people will uh check out this this new stuff uh that's that's out now yeah. Oh, I guess it can. It can also, if you don't have luck at the uh, Unspeakable X mm-hmm. camp, we we have one too. That's uh, Ecstasis Death uh, Bandcamp. Whatever. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I will. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. All right. Awesome. awesome. Have a good night, Damien. You too. All right. Bye. Yeah, I die.